Over the coming weeks, there will be many things from our normal everyday life that we actually start to miss. You may be finding that at the end of this first week of um, social distancing, that you're missing going to the local coffee shop. Or it might be that you're missing seeing the grandkids. Or it might be that you're actually missing going clothes shopping. It probably doesn't surprise you that it'll be a while before I start to miss that one. Or you might be just missing the basic human interaction of life. Shaking somebody's hands, giving somebody a hug. There's one major thing that's being missed in our household at the moment, and that is football. With the Premier League not playing at the moment, it's all gone quiet, hasn't it? And for our family, football is sometimes a social thing that we do with other people. Now, in our household, we have two really strong United supporters and one City supporter, and me somewhere in the middle trying to keep the peace between them. But the reality is about the Premier League, and I'm waiting for some flack to come back at me on the messaging live here, is that actually it doesn't matter because we all know that Liverpool were going to win it anyway. Liverpool have a song, don't they, as a football club. And it's an old song by Jerry and the Pacemakers. You'll know the song, don't worry, I'm not going to launch into singing it for you this morning. It's the song, You'll Never Walk Alone. And if you read the lyrics, if you get a chance, Google the lyrics and just read through them. They're not very long, but what they talk about is about the journey of life and how that journey should never be done in isolation. We've just heard two readings from the Bible this morning, and they're both, in some ways, about a journey. The first one, the first reading, the reading from Genesis that Ethan read to us, is about Abraham. And Abraham appears very early on in the Bible. He appears in chapter 11 of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible. And we hear about him, first of all, in a kind of genealogy, a description of who his ancestors were, where they lived, but we don't hear an awful lot about him up until the point where the reading that we've just heard happens. And then unexpectedly, totally out of the blue, not based on anything that Abraham has done, God speaks to him. God calls him. I think there's a beautiful picture just in thinking about that this morning. That God is looking out for human beings to call to follow him. He wants to have relationship with us. He wants to know us as his creation. And so we get the call to Abraham. And God simply says, go to the land that I will show you. And then there is a promise that his descendants will become a great nation and will become blessed. But at this point, there is nothing more. There are just two things that will happen. First of all, there's a call to go on a journey. And secondly, there is a big picture promise. Nothing more. There is no map given. This is where you need to go. There is no contract drawn up by God that Abraham has to sign at the bottom. There are no terms and conditions agreed at this point. The amazing thing is, is Abraham sets off. And he goes, and he goes, and he goes as the Lord had told him. And he goes on this journey to, at the moment, an unknown destination. But what he does know is that this is not a journey that he'll do alone. Because God is with him. God is going to walk with him and with his family every step of the way into whatever the future holds. And so as the Bible unfolds, as the, the, the narrative in Genesis unfolds, what we find is that Abraham was blessed by God and that God fulfills what he said he would do. 
But that journey continues through Abraham's descendants as well. So as you carry on through the, the Old Testament, you find that it happens through Isaac, through Jacob, through Joseph, through Moses, right the way through into the kingdom of Israel, through the message of the prophets, and ultimately through the coming of Jesus, the Son of God. Not everybody followed God's ways. Some people heard the call of God and actually turned their backs on him and went different ways and rejected him. And then we get to the second reading. And we heard of Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee. And this is a reading from the early part of Matthew that Emma read to us. And Simon, Peter and Andrew, they are on the shores of the sea. They're on the shores of Lake Galilee. And they're fishing. Now, this wasn't a hobby for them. This was their job. This was, if you like, how they they looked after themselves. Probably a subsistence type of lifestyle. And as they're doing their everyday things, Jesus, who the Bible time and time again will tell us, is God himself, come in flesh to live amongst us. He's walking by the shore of the sea. And he simply calls out to these two men. And he says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Is there something in Jesus' voice that just makes them think, yeah, we need to follow this man? Is there something about his mannerisms? Is there something just about the way he is that makes them drop their nets and follow? Well, Matthew doesn't really tell us. But what he does tell us is that they got up and they followed him. Now, they had a choice at this point. God has given us free will. We can choose to follow him when he calls us, or we can choose to go in the opposite direction. They could easily have ignored him and said, I don't know who this bloke thinks he is, but we're not following him. We'll carry on with our fishing, thank you very much. And you know, in our normal lives, in the busyness, in the normality that we've been living with for for decades up until just a couple of weeks ago, it's very easy for the voice of God to get drowned out. For the voice of God to get, if you like, pushed to the margins. And we're not actually listening. We're not actually seeing what God is saying to us. I wonder today, what would cause you to say yes to Jesus when he calls us to follow him? What will it take for us to take seriously the words of Christ, who says, come after me? In the quietness of our current world, when the noises of everyday life have hushed at least to a degree, will we just take this time to listen to what God may be saying to us? So this journey that disciples went on, this journey that Abraham went on, it's a physical journey. They, they change location. But actually more important than that, it's actually a life journey. It's a journey that is lived through living a life in a different way. And again, it's these two things. The call to go on a journey and a big picture promise. For the case of the disciples, the big picture promise was that they would get to share Jesus with lots of other people. They would become fishers of people. They would go out with the good news and see people's lives changed and transformed by Jesus. But let's just think for a few moments, what does it mean for us that God is calling us today? You see, I still believe that Jesus is calling human beings. Just like those first disciples, Jesus is saying to us, come and follow me. Now that might be for the first time, or it might be to continue on that journey with him. 
And he calls us, just like he called the disciples, to imitate him, to live life as if he was living it. And so he calls us to pray for the sick, to love one another, to feed the hungry, to do the things that Jesus did, to put others' needs before our own. And you know, in these days where we are socially distancing, actually being that kind of person in our communities makes a massive, massive difference. But in everyday life, if you're anything like me, I like my life to have certain destination points in it. I think as as human beings, we're always looking for some kind of destination to get to. It might be that that you're sat there this morning and actually thinking, I thought my destination was going to be that really secure job that I was going for. I thought my destination at this point was going to be financial security. Or I've been seeking out a destination of relationship security. And then we keep looking at the news. And we see this pandemic on a global scale. And we see that so many of the destinations that perhaps we were hoping for in life are not quite as solid as we thought they were. That job that we'd been dreaming of perhaps just doesn't feel quite as positive or as solid as it did. Our finances might already have taken a dip down with the crash in the stock market. Or it might be a physical destination that's changed. Perhaps you were looking forward to the holiday of a lifetime over Easter. And actually now you've got to stay at home. You see, it makes us think, doesn't it? Perhaps many of those destination points that we aim for in life are not as secure as we once thought. Our journey through life, when we do it on our own, is perhaps not as much in our control as we'd hoped it would be. And then we're reminded of the voice of Jesus calling on the Sea of Galilee. And we're reminded of the one who will come alongside us and journey through this life with us. I had a a message sent to me this week from somebody in our church family. And please do keep sending in testimonies, um, messages, things that just say what God is doing at this time. It's so good that we can encourage each other. And particularly if you've been doing the the 10-minute challenge of, of reading your Bible and praying every day and reading through Mark's Gospel, again, I would love to hear from you. But what this particular message was about was how that this particular person, this particular family, had been spending time in the silence of the last week. And there was the words of an old song that were really speaking to them, and it was the words that says, Till the storm passes over. And it was just an encouragement that even through these times of storm, that Jesus is with us, that Jesus is still calling us to follow him, and he promises to be with us. You know, life at the moment is full of so many unknowns, isn't it? Yet the voice of Jesus is still to come after him. And then our second thing, the big picture promise. What does God promise us when we follow after him? If you were here online last week, we were looking at um, how God gives us the biggest picture that a human mind can comprehend. How he gives us this amazing picture of eternal hope, of life lived in the presence of God forever. Well, next week is Palm Sunday. And in the days that are following, millions, if not billions, of Christians around the world will be remembering the events leading up to the crucifixion on Good Friday and then the glorious events of resurrection on Easter Sunday. We see we can't journey for long with Jesus without coming to the reality of the cross. If you're reading through Mark's Gospel, it's not long before you get to those events that tell us how Jesus died 
on the cross of Calvary. And what we find out about Jesus is that actually Jesus isn't a life coach. Jesus isn't somebody who just writes us a nice self-help book with ten plans to be a better person. But Jesus is the saviour of the world. God himself. Jesus who dies on the cross to take all those rubbish things in our lives, to take the sins of the world on himself and to offer freedom to all those who will come after him. To offer us his light, his presence, his joy, the promise of his Holy Spirit. And then a destination. You see, one of the most famous verses in the whole of the Bible, one of the most quoted verses is John 3, chapter 16, sorry, John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. It's a verse that's spoken about a lot. But it's a verse that in that concise language just gives us that hope of destination. That when we follow Jesus, when we come after him, he speaks that hope of eternity into our hearts. He gives us that sense of destination, that big picture promise that makes the storm doable because we know he's walking through it with us and we know where we're heading. But you know, there's another promise. There's another promise in God's word. And it's the promise that while we're still going through the storms of life, while we're still on this journey to eternity with Jesus, that he says, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. But I will walk with you. I will be there every step of the way. You will not journey alone. So I want to turn those two things that we said into two questions. You know, Jesus is still calling. Jesus is still calling. The question for all of us is, will we follow? Will we follow after him? That might be for the first time this morning. It might be for the thousandth time. But it's a daily decision to walk in the ways of Jesus and to give our lives over to him. The second thing, will you believe the big picture stuff that God has spoken? Will you believe this promise of eternal life? And will you let it drench your life with hope in the days and the weeks that lie ahead? See, Jesus says, simply come after me and this is where we're heading. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the words you spoke. We thank you for those big picture things that you spoke over our lives, that when we give our lives over to you, when we come to you and know the joy of what it means to be forgiven, when we come to you and know the joy of what it means to be filled with your spirit, the Lord, we can look forward to being with you forever and ever. Our Lord, I want to thank you that even in the midst of storms, even in the midst of trouble, we remembered last week that you are our refuge and our strength, and that is true. And we celebrate that fact. But Lord, I just thank you that we do not walk this life alone. That you are with us both in this moment now and into eternity. We thank you. Amen.